Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome in to the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek Logan, joined by Not Your Average Joes, Joe Beldner, Joe Mason. Welcome in. We got a great show for you today. It is August 1st. No more months before football is back. We are almost there. We've been waiting all offseason for this moment. It is August. Training camp is underway. We're excited. We're excited to talk football today. I'm having a baby in two days. Everything's crazy. I'm ready. It's my third kid, so everyone keeps asking me, like, are you ready? I'm like, I'm not having the baby, number one. Sure. Number two, I mean, I think I have it pretty figured out, but we're about to be outnumbered for the first time, so that is going to uh, be an adjustment, quite the me, adjustment. Me and, uh, me and Mason have to take notes from you. <laughs> yeah, we do. I am the resident dad here, but what I am not is the resident viral tweeter. Celebrity. That, that right there is Joe Belner. Blew up over the weekend, just watching NFL Network, taking a video of Aaron Donald choking some poor undrafted free agent. And before we know it, how many views are we at right now? It's like uh, like two and a half million. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was like, I was sitting there with my fiance on the couch and we're just like, I just flipped on NFL Network on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, like, I just noticed in the corner of my eye, I'm like, I see Aaron Donald just like, Beating up on a undrafted free agent rookie. I uh, I can't I can't remember what his name was, but uh, all of a sudden he has him like in a chokehold. The poor guy just looks like miserable for the five seconds of the drill. And uh, I was like, yeah, like you gotta you gotta rewind that right now. <laughs> so then like we watch it like four times straight. Then I just like pull out the phone. I was like, this definitely has a chance to go viral. Like I said it before I even posted it because like I, it was it was pretty funny to watch. And then uh, yeah, next thing you know, like. Uh, some time goes by and like Barstool and like FanDuel, Bleacher Report, like all these different companies just ended up retweeting it and it just kept circulating. And, uh, you know, I've had, I've had friends that I haven't talked to in like 10 years, like random people from high school. They're just like, yeah, I saw your name on that tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think what really hit me was that it crossed platforms like this morning. I opened Instagram and it's just Joe's face on a Bleacher Report reel. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, what is on, going on? I went on Facebook for the first time in like 10 years. <laughs> Saw it on Facebook. <laughs> was on, it was on Facebook, too? It was on Facebook. And I'm wondering, like, is it getting pushed to me? I, well, I think that was what made me think, like, okay, this isn't just, like, I follow Joe and interact yeah. with him a ton on Twitter. It's like, I don't interact with you much on Instagram. Like, we just started following each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... Oh my gosh, Joe's face is plastered on my Instagram, uh, my Instagram timeline. Yeah, now my wild. college friends are having like a great laugh about it. <laughs> they they love it. Hey, at least it's a good headshot. Oh no, hundred percent. They got your headshot in in the the Twitter profile picture on the Instagram. That's why oh you wear goodness. a suit, you know. Have you picked up Heck any yeah. Instagram followers from that? I've, yeah, a couple. Yeah, I've got my <laughs> stupid like uh, join the team over here and throw a follow. No, on Instagram, you got... Oh, on Instagram, I've gotten requests, but I keep that personal. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. It's so wild that you happen to be the person who's just watching NFL Network and thought, Mm. wow, this is weird. Because they weren't even talking about that drill from the audio. Yeah. They just had it on in the background. They're talking about probably Rams Outlook, and they've just got Aaron Donald choking some poor guy. It's always the dumbest things that go viral every time. (laughs) So, yeah, no, it's been a good time, though. It's like my five seconds of fame for two days. How was your weekend, though, Mason? No viral tweets for you. No viral tweets for me. Maybe someday. (laughs) It was good, though. I'm excited to be here and talk football, though. I saw you you, uh, making the effort just recently trying to uh, get Jock Peterson to interact. Trying to say that that Tommy Pham should be on the Giants. Yeah, He got traded to the Red Sox. Yeah. I did, yeah. It was funny because the tweet was like, he's traded to a random team, and I'm like, oh, please beat the Giants. That'd yeah. be hilarious. It worked. <laughs> Squash the beef. Squash the beef, guys. But I guess they probably won't be playing anytime soon with Giants, Red Sox, probably not a typical matchup. Well, Joe, how many Sundays till football? We oh, got man. six. We got six Sundays. There we go. Six Sundays. Can't wait. Six Sundays. We're That's in hard to believe. You know, uh, countdown starts. Yeah, we got the Hall of Fame game, right, on Thursday? 
Mm-hmm. That's always so bad. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it just means they're closer to football. Which teams are kind of football? I'm so keyed in on fantasy football, but I could not tell you one bit who's playing in that Hall of Fame game. No. I think the Raiders are in it. Um, I'm trying to look, but yeah. I'll, if it pulls up, I'll tell you guys. We're losing you a little bit, Joe Mason. Anyway, let's get started. You know what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about what happened in the offseason. A lot of players have changed teams. Every time we went to create this list, it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So many so many players changed teams, and not just insignificant scrubs. We're talking about major fantasy assets changed teams this season or uh, over the summer. And so what we're going to do is go through that list. And, oh, my goodness, Raiders-Jacks is the game. Okay. What are we going to get? EJ Perry leading the way against who's Nick the backup Mullins. to the backup of the Raiders? Uh, yeah. No, Nick Mullins the backup, so the backup to the backup. I could not tell you. Peterman's not there, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and also I think EJ Perry's hurt, believe it or not. I think he got waived with like an injury designation. So who who the heck knows? I guess CJ Beathard's going to play. Anyway, enough about third-string quarterbacks on terrible – well, I mean, the Raiders aren't bad, but terrible Jaguars teams – uh, we're going to talk about QBs that change teams, running backs, wide receivers, and a couple tight ends at the end. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about it because there's some really good players that are, are changing teams here. Um, so to get started, let's talk about those quarterbacks. Let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson, big, biggest trade of the offseason, traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. What this does is honestly change the entire outlook of the Denver Broncos team. They were looking at playing with Drew Locke and uh, Teddy Bridgewater last season, and it was it was not great. Uh, Jerry Judy disappointed. Cortland Sutton disappointed. Uh, Jerry Judy got hurt a bit. K.J. Hamler got hurt. Tim Patrick was pretty decent for what he is. Noah Fant, not terrible. But at the end of the day, you got a ton of talent on that Broncos roster, and what Russell Wilson does is infuse a massive amount of upside into that team for fantasy football. And now, instead of thinking, oh, well, if only they had a good quarterback, you're thinking Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler now, and the new top tight end, Alberto. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. I know Mason. What is it? How do you pronounce it? Uh, Aquabanom. Aquabanom. Oh, the tight end what one is pronounced uh, Greg Dulcich, actually. <laughs> I, it always throws me off with the, the G in Equibanom. The G throws me off. So um, Russell Wilson moves from that Seahawks team to the Broncos, and what that means is that he is fortified as a top 10 or so QB again. He's never really finished outside the top 12 in his career if he plays the full season. He's just one of those quality guys who gets overlooked. Ever- <laughs> overlooked. Cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> Unlimited. <laughs> How many oh, licks does it take to get to the center of Russell Wilson? Uh, he gets overlooked in drafts so that he's going probably in the QB 11 or 12 range, but he really has the ceiling of finishing in that top five if he can stay healthy all season and really mm-hmm. produce. I think what you'll see in drafts is that people a little bit – one of two um, parties where he either – gets picked really early because people are all in on that buzz around being in Denver, or he goes a little bit later because he was a disappointment last season. So that's Russell Wilson. He moved from the Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Who do we got next, guys? Uh, We got Deshaun Watson. You hear any news about him recently? No, I don't even know who that guy is. Why don't you enlighten me? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he got got suspended finally six games, uh, long – anticipated way for that one um maybe I think it should have been more but I'm not going to really state my opinion on that one but uh yeah so he's going in the early 12th round that's his current ADP and redraft and uh I think he's good enough to win leagues like potentially you know like just based on talent but uh I don't know like I I don't know if I'm really going to draft him to any teams all of his pass catchers Amari Cooper being the main one I'm not interested in. Um, 
it's just for, for a six game suspension, you know, that's, that's a good chunk of the season, new offense, new team. Uh, I'd rather just sit it out and take the running backs. If anything, I bet you, you know, if someone drafts him, they're pro I bet you there's a good chance they probably drop him for a roster spot and you can pick him up before the suspension is exactly. over. So yeah, I wouldn't draft Watson, but I like what you said, Joe. Yeah, one nuance to look out for Watson is that some leagues allow suspended players to sit on the IR. In that case, I mean, notwithstanding any of your personal opinions about his conduct, strictly fantasy football speaking, that's not a bad move to stash him on IR and start a guy in his place for a while because he is good at football at the end of the day. But um, the Browns, I mean... The Browns could be good with him, but, I mean, Deshaun Watson's never really elevated a team to contention. He's just put up a bunch of stats. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's kind of what you're looking at in his case. And there is a chance, too, I will say that the NFL appeals that suspension length and tries to increase it, but I don't know. I don't really see that happening at this point. Now... Moving on to the third quarterback that is changing teams. And I will say we're mostly going in order of significance here where, I mean, Russell Wilson, top quarterback on the move, Deshaun Watson, uh, again, whatever you want to say about him, he is probably the second best quarterback who changed teams this season. Um, and next on our list is Matt Ryan, the veteran for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, so uh, I, I love his ADP. Uh, being 13th round, like um, I'm probably in redraft. I'm probably taking QBs a little bit sooner. I like that, like middle tier, kind of like uh, you know, seven, late seventh round when Russell Wilson's going, he's a good target. But uh, Matt Ryan's my QB 16. Um, you got Michael Pittman in the wide receiver one spot. Uh, I think he's going to have an unbelievable season. Paris Campbell yet again, a lot of buzz coming out of camp. Uh, I don't trust it. I don't trust him, but. You do have uh, rookie Alec Pierce, who I like a lot, Mo Alley-Cox. So, um, and then you have Jonathan Taylor, who takes a whole lot of pressure off of uh, Matt Ryan under center. So I think Matt Ryan should throw for uh, about 4,000 yards like he's always good for. And uh, he could kind of be like a Stafford light, like a 2.0, where the offense isn't as good. But, you know, Stafford was with the Lions for a very long time. Semi-legendary you know, like Matt Ryan's a little bit more legendary, in my opinion, but he could have that resurgence. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know about 2.0 at this point. Maybe the beta version. Yeah, maybe the beta version for <laughs> sure. Yeah, he is, he is, he's getting up there in age. But, uh, yeah, no, I've always liked Matt Ryan. And even um, in his older form, I think he could get the job done. Uh, expectations aren't sky high, but he could definitely be a streamer uh, at the very least. I think at his price, he could surprise us too. You know, like I don't think with Jonathan Taylor – I think this is the first time he's actually had like a solid running back since he's had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. So if they establish the run, I think Matt Ryan will be good. Mm -hmm. Now the guy that Matt Ryan is replacing is also on the move. Carson Wentz, former Eagles quarterback, now former Colts quarterback headed to Washington to be Mr. Commander commander in chief for the Washington football team. Carson Wentz, I mean, if you actually look a little bit, you can actually see him on my wall behind me. It doesn't really help when this is an audio version. However, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Carson Wentz. I think that he gets a little bit more hate than he deserves. On the football field, he does make a lot of boneheaded mistakes, but he has the raw talent to get it done um, in, in bursts. So I think that Carson Wentz is a little bit underrated at this point for fantasy football. Last season, he finished in the top 12, but it wasn't with any kind of fanfare, uh, probably because he just kind of middle of the roaded his way to that top 12 or 13 finish, depending on their scoring. Um, and he didn't blow you away with any huge spike weeks. So I think that's kind of what you're going to get from Carson Wentz moving forward in 2022 is you can make do with Carson Wentz being maybe your bi-week fill-in, but you're not going to want to rely on him to carry you through the season as your first quarterback. So if you're if you're staring Carson Wentz down as your quarterback one, I would say that you vastly mismanaged your draft. And I hope, hope to God that you got a lot of studs at other positions because Wentz is not going to be 
a full-fledged quarterback one throughout the season? I think outside of McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, I really like Logan Thomas as a sleeper because he's always loved tight ends, you know, with the Eagles and even with the Colts. So I think that's a good last pick of your draft if you need a tight end. Logan Thomas, give it a shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point there, Mason. But my concern there would be kind of what what did we see happen with the Colts? He did like passing the Colts tight ends, but none of them separated themselves. They all kind of just were mediocre at best. And so with Logan Thomas and his injury risk and him coming back from a major injury, you're going to see John Bates brought in, and I think they got a rookie or, I mean. Cole Turner? Cole Turner, yep, from yeah. Nevada, I think. Yeah. Yep. Ro- Romeo Dobbs, now now Dobbs, not Dubs, former ter- former teammate. But, yeah, that's what we're looking at with Carson Wentz. Um, and a more recent addition to this list moving teams is Baker Mayfield, former number one pick of the Browns fame and the state and wait, no, not state farm progressive commercials at home with Baker Mayfield. He's now at home in Carolina with the Panthers competing with Sam Darnold for the QB one spot. Any, anybody want to say anything about Baker Mayfield in general? It's notable that he's changed teams and it could affect his weapons, but you're not really, going out of your way to get Baker Mayfield in fantasy football, particularly mm-hmm. in redraft. Yeah, the the good news is he will beat out Sam Darnold. The bad news is he has absolutely no business being on anybody's redraft team. So that's my opinion on it. But, um, yeah, hopefully DJ Moore gets over four touchdowns for the first time in his career. If he could propel DJ Moore to that territory, then I'll be very happy with Baker's season. Pretty significant fall from grace for Baker. Mm-hmm. After his first season, he set the record for quarterback touchdowns. It's since been broken, but the guy was being picked as probably top 10 option after his first season, headed into his second, and now he's just on the outskirts. But the next guy, also a former top two pick, Mitchell Trubisky moved teams just like the rest of them, and Mason wants to talk about our guy Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, I think he overall is negative for everyone on the Steelers. All right, we, let's try that again. Sorry, Mason, you cut out a little bit. Okay. Am I good now? Sorry, guys. No, it's no all right. T- things happen. That's why we're recording. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So I think with Trubisky, it's pretty negative for everybody. But, um, you know, like – for for Rudolph, shoot, I'm sorry, guys. I hope I'm still coming through. All right, why don't we why don't we go back to Mason here? Uh, let's talk about Marcus Mariota, who mm-hmm. moved from backup as the Raiders quarterback now to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Um, it's notable that he is going to be throw throwing to Kyle Pitts, the the breakout from last season. And he also gets some other young weapons like Drake London. And um, he has, I mean, not a young weapon, but Cordell Patterson out of mm-hmm. the backfield. We've got Marcus Mariota having those. They're not bad weapons on paper, to be honest. Not so terrible. Do you think that these weapons can elevate Mariota to anything worthwhile in fantasy, Joe? I don't know. You know, he was uh, obviously like he went second in his uh, draft class, right? At Oregon. I believe so. Yep, it was after Jameis Winston because yeah. Chip Kelly and the Eagles were making a push for him, and they ended up going a different direction. Yeah, so I, I don't know. My, the ship on him being like uh, you know an elite talent has obviously failed, but uh, no, I'm happy he's getting another shot at being the starter. Uh, I've actually heard good things at a uh, camp from Desmond Ritter. I don't think uh, he's going to get the starting opportunity, obviously, because they pretty much guaranteed it to Mariota. But uh, I think that Pitts in London would be better off with uh, Matt Ryan than Mariota at, at this point of Ryan's career as well. But, um, yeah, no, London should be like an 1,000-yard receiver again. Hopefully he gets a couple more touchdowns. If you want to take the shot on London, um, you know, he, he's not going to be on many of my teams, but I'm all for it. Cause yeah, because I think in, in the, rookie, the rookie show, we weren't really into Drake not, London. Yeah, because, I'm, I'm still not too high. Because he's yeah, really going to make there. his money – 
as a touchdown scorer. And if he's not scoring touchdowns on the Atlanta offense, then Mm -hmm. he's not, I don't think he's going to be like a 1400 yard receiver. He's going to be scraping a thousand yards in a good season. Agreed. And then the, uh, yeah, the, the two that I want in this offense are uh, Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier, the rookie running back. I love Algier. All right, let's, let's try to go back to Mason here. Let's see how his tech issues are, are panning out. Yeah, sorry. I know I'm failing here in 2022. Um, just sound check. You guys can hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear great. you great. It's that okay, uh, great. California connection over there. I know, man. It's yeah, he's wild three hours here. behind and a second <laughs> behind in video. Yeah. So, hey, real quick for Trubinsky, um, I think I might have heard, I, I think it's a down for everybody. Uh, not that I don't like Trubinsky. I just think that the Steelers really trusted Big Ben with the passing offense. So when Big Ben was quarterback, they threw the ball about 37, 38 times a game. With Rudolph, uh, that one season, Big Ben hurt his elbow over 10 games. He only threw it 28 times. That's almost 10 times less a game. So I definitely think the passing is going to have a downturn. And also not to mention Najee Harris. You guys might have seen me post my redraft guide uh, this past weekend. Najee Harris had 46% of his points come through the air last Mm -hmm. season with Big Ben as his QB. And Ms. Trubinsky actually checks down to running backs at the third lowest rate since 2018 at 3.5%. So I think this hurts the offense all around. Agreed. And I'm not, uh, I'm probably not drafting too many Steelers this season. Maybe in kickers leagues, uh, Chris Boswell. Yeah, Chris Boswell just got paid. He got a fat contract. I think it was the second biggest since uh, Justin <laughs> Tucker. I was so surprised by that. Chris Boswell is not young. I don't no. think. No, he's definitely not. So he's I saw somebody around. say he's, he's now the Christian Kirk of, of kickers. <laughs> it's going to reset the market for all kicker contracts. Thanks a lot, Chris Boswell. Alrighty, so the last uh, quarterback that I want to talk about is now we have a bit of a clearer picture for what he's going to do this season, which is Jacoby Brissett. He's the Browns' backup now de facto starter for the first six weeks, pending any uh, extension of that, that suspension for Deshaun Watson. Not much else to say about Jacoby Brissett besides that he changed teams, um, and he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So if you see a guy take Jacoby Brissett late in the draft, it's probably mm-hmm. because they took Deshaun Watson earlier and they need somebody to fill in. Or they don't realize that he's not going to be the starter for the whole season, and they, for some reason, believe in Jacoby Brissett. Maybe they're a diehard Patriots fan who still has loyalty to him. Draft Nick Chubb. Draft Nick Chubb. I mean, and Kareem Hunt. Love it. To be yeah, honest. Love those it. two. Everybody else, I'm not sure. Now, let's switch gears a little bit. All right, we're going to talk about running backs. Not as many, I would say of all the positions, running backs had the least impactful offseason about changing teams. So the top one that I have listed here as changing teams is Chase Edmonds, who moves from the Arizona Cardinals to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so uh, I've been getting a little bit uh, higher on Chase Edmonds as the offseason has uh, been coming to an end and we're getting more towards uh, the regular season. So I love his ADP. His ADP is a uh, late eighth round pick currently. And uh, he's my RB 25. So somebody like I consider him more of a sleeper than I am. Like, you know, like I don't want him to be my RB one. I don't want him to be my RB two, but like, if we're getting in the RB three, RB four flex category, I get, I get pretty excited about Chase Edmonds. Uh, he's super talented and uh, he should be a lethal gadget in this offense. Um, Hill and Waddle. Uh, will open up lanes for him and uh, he he's limited by his size but uh, he's not a bell cow and he he's not going to be drafted to your team to be one when you're drafting Chase Edmonds you're looking for the passing work Um, maybe he could sneak in some touchdowns but yeah in this uh, in this new offense and with two as the quarterback getting giving him some dump offs I I think uh, he could be a pretty sneaky pick yeah I remember when he took over for uh, you know the Cardinals when they needed him to, man, he was a beast. So I think if they ever unloaded him and just gave him the reins, he would be great. Yeah. My only concern about Edmonds is that he's in a very crowded backfield where we're going to have to wait a little bit to see who emerges. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> Miles Gaskin is just left for dead there, yeah. even though people were drafting him as like an, 
RB2 last season. Um, he was going like fourth round last year. Yeah. Like I think, except in the, yeah. So I've yeah, seen yeah. him go as early as the second. Yeah, um, that was Andy. I remember Andy that. Holloway <laughs> picked him in the second round. Uh, but Chase Edmonds, I think that he's good at football, but we'll see how um, new coach McDaniel wants to use him. Uh, because, I mean, he's coming from San Francisco where they use a lot of running backs. Exactly. That's my concern as well. And Edmonds might not establish himself as the clear number one. Uh, moving on to Ronald Jones. Rojo moved from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mason wants to talk about Ronald Jones. Yeah, I like Rojo. You know, he's also going to be in a little bit of a crowded backfield, but it's really going to be him and CEH as a one-two punch, probably a 1A, 1B. Not sure who's going to be that 1A, but Rojo reminds me a lot, like, of his physique and the way he runs, like Kareem Hunt. And I think Andy Reid likes that. And I, if I had to pick one to draft, it would be it'd be Rojo out of those two. <laughs> Mason, you got a dog there? Yeah, you hear him? He's all excited <laughs> to talk football. You got Zach Wilson, uh... Too much Zach Wilson dog jokes for one. Yeah. Got that <laughs> but, uh, dog. Mason's Ro- Rojo's got that dog in him. Yeah. I might concern. Uh, oh yeah, go ahead, Joe. Uh, the rookie Isaiah Pacheco. Apparently, I he's did. getting first. That's what rest. I was gonna say. I have no idea what is camp buzz or what's real at this point. Is Rojo even practicing? That's my question. It's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, I saw that too, though. That like Isaiah Pacheco has been rotating in in the first team, and like no mention or reports about Ronald Jones. Even though, I mean, it seems like every every other athletic article or whatever is saying Ronald Jones has a chance of being starter. Oh wait, Ronald Jones might get cut. Yeah, so like, that too. It's yeah. very unclear on what his role is really going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, my quick thought on it was, uh, you know, Daryl Williams when he stepped in last year, he was a league winner. Um, the difference is Daryl brings a lot more to the passing game. Uh, I don't really love that Rojo doesn't bring anything to the table as a pass catcher. So you're kind of just hoping on like eight touchdowns (laughs) and like, you know, the games that he doesn't get a touchdown, you're starting him. It's just like, I I don't know if you're going to be very happy. Absolutely. That's that's what's kind of keeping me away. And the thing that's keeping me away is Jarek McKinnon uh, quietly led the team as their RB one in the playoffs. And Mm -hmm. I know when we're looking at last year's data, that doesn't get included, but it's important to note that, I mean, CEH was battling some injury and returning from injury, but Jarek McKinnon was leading the backfield, and he was doing pretty well. So he has a role as well, and I think people are underestimating how like crowded this backfield really is with, with CEH, with Jarek McKinnon, with Ronald Jones, and now with the emergence of rookie Isaiah Pacheco. Don't forget Derek Core. Oh, Derek Gore, yeah. Even though he's probably, no, what, you could, he's you like could 26 already, Gore. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next guy, uh, speaking of being forgotten, um, Sony Michelle, former first-round pick of the New England Patriots, now moves from the world champion, Super Bowl champion Rams to the Miami Dolphins, just like Chase Edmonds. And so, what, like we mentioned, uh, that backfield is going to be quite, quite crowded with the likes of Edmonds and Michelle and some other guys like Raheem Mostert and, like I said, Miles Gaskin, who's now, I guess, fourth string. Uh, is anybody excited about Sony Michelle, or can we just kind of move on and just note that he's changed teams? Yeah, I'm not excited. Yeah, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Similar role to Rojo, but probably less work and in a worse offense. Yeah, it's so. funny, though. I mean, I have quite a bit of – Kind of just reverence and loyalty to Sony Michelle. He won me that title. I've had I, bad experiences. <laughs> I mean, I I only have good ones where I picked him up off waivers. So that would be my advice. If you notice that he is getting some buzz in camp or in preseason, pick him up off waivers. Don't spend an early or even late pick on him because the likelihood that he hits is very small. Uh, let's go through some rapid fire. So these are guys that switch teams at the running back position. It's important to know about them, but they're really kind of afterthoughts and drafts and not guys that you're going to be targeting outside of like pretty deep late rounds. First on the list, I mentioned Raheem Mostert. He was hurt all season last year, 
moved from the San Francisco 49ers to that crowded Miami backfield. Uh, next on the list, anyone want to say anything about Marlon Mack? Yeah, he could be a sleeper uh, if you need a late-round running back. Selection. Where did he, he go, could... Mason? Houston. He, he could help, uh, you know, Cam Akers break the Achilles, you know, uh, mm-hmm. bad juju where it's career-ending for running back. So we'll see how he does. I think, you know, I don't know what his ADP is, but I'm guessing it's late. It's a uh, late 12th round. Yeah, I mean, I would – I would take a shot at the potential starting running back in the 12th yeah. round. Even I'm not, not going to be drafting many uh, Texans. I mean, other than Brandon Cooks, uh, maybe Nico Collins. But in the backfield, I think he has the leverage right now to be the starter. But I think with Burkhead and the rookie, Damian Pierce, is just going to be pretty ugly and uh, not too much reward. Yeah, I would um, stay away from the Texans' backfield until they prove otherwise. They only had one top 12 finish from a running back the entire 21 season, and that was Burkhead in Week 16 during the one game that Brandon Cooks missed. So Mm -hmm. he was basically just getting dump-off targets. And there's nothing to suggest, I mean, that this offense will somehow become a rushing juggernaut. So they were completely inept last year on the ground, and I don't really see that changing much. And... There's not going to be a workhorse. They've got Rex Burkhead still. They have Damian Pierce, who they drafted. And so I don't have any faith that Marlon Mack is going to be anything other than maybe like a top 24 running back three times all season. Uh, I'd rather take a chance on a guy who has a lot more upside than the best running back on the worst rushing team in the NFL. Uh, The next guy, Daryl Williams. As Joe mentioned, a star of the late season for the Chiefs last year. He moves to the Arizona Cardinals to back up James Conner. What do you want to say about Daryl? Yeah, so he's actually a player. Like out of all, out of all the players we're going to go through in this little rapid fire section, he's he's one that I'm going to be drafting to many many teams. I just think, um, yeah, his upside is way higher than the other ones. Um, he, he's getting drafted in the late fifteenth uh, round. That's his ADP. And last year, he was uh, very quietly the RB22. Obviously, some things had to happen for him to get to that uh, level. But when you're the backup running back at James Conner, a lot of things can happen. I know, uh, yeah, Derek's mentioned it before. You know, Conner Connor has been extremely injury prone in his career. And uh, last year was a little bit of a, an anomaly for his health uh, and success. So I think that if Conner were to go down, I'm obviously not rooting for it, but uh, – it happens sometimes in this game. And then uh, you have rookie Keontae Ingram would be the other guy. I think Daryl could really step in in this uh, pretty lethal offense, and uh, he, he could be a league winner. Yeah, I, I like me some Daryl Williams too, and I think he's going later in drafts than maybe he should be given mm-hmm. his potential as the handcuff. But moving on, these are definitely these are some deep names here. Uh, I'll just go through them real quick. Damian Williams was on the Bears as a backup last year. He's now on the Atlanta Falcons. Mike Davis was on the Atlanta Falcons, and he's moving to the Baltimore Ravens. Keep an eye out for Mike Davis. I mean, Baltimore seems to love bad running backs who are at the end of their careers, uh, as we saw last season. So maybe he does become something. Deontay Foreman, veteran guy, he, if anything, is the example of breaking the Achilles curse. He is now the handcuff for Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. If you draft I, CMC, yeah. I'm taking him. Yeah, if you draft CMC, Deontay Foreman to me is the guy to get, not not Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard had every opportunity last year to prove that he should be that guy, and he was flat out bad. Uh, and then Philip Lindsay uh, moved to the Colts from the Texans, the terrible backfield. Philip Lindsay was once a thousand yard rusher, and now he is an afterthought. And arguably, well, he is the third string for the Colts behind Hines and Taylor. And then we have one more guy who did sign today on August 1st, which is Justin Jackson. He signed with the Detroit Lions. I was holding out hope. I was, I'm a Justin Jackson believer, and I'm not really thrilled about that landing spot. I don't think he's really going to be able to do, any, do anything behind Swift and Jamal Williams. But you win some, you lose some in that regard. All right. The wide receivers, big changes at wide receiver. I cannot understate how much movement there was compared to past years at the at the wide receiver position. So arguably the number one receiver in the entire NFL switched teams. And who was that, Mason? 
Yeah, Devontae Adams. And wow, I just look at the top three on our list, Adams, Tyreek, and A.J. Brown. These are guys, you know, you thought would not get moved. Like they're, you know, they're cornerstone wide receiver pieces. And it was just been a wild off season. But yeah, I really like Devontae Adams still for redraft. Um, I think, I don't know if you guys have listened to the footballers past couple days, but I think Andy Holloway said, when wide receivers change teams, they typically go down in production about 21%. So it is a little bit concerning. However, he went to college with uh, Derek Carr, and I was at that game at San Jose State when Fresno State was undefeated, and we, mm. we beat him, and it was pretty awesome, I remember. Um, and I did play against Devontae Adams in high school, actually. Um, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a nice guy. But uh, well, you, humble, you humble played? flex right there. You yeah. played against Devontae Adams? Yeah, I didn't play a whole lot in high school. I was gonna say I don't. <laughs> but I do I mean, remember him. I don't know he, what you uh, look like from the top down, but I don't see you as a very large guy, Mason. No, no offense. I was I was the smallest lineman on the team, <laughs> but he <laughs> most, did score the game-winning touchdown to eliminate us from the playoffs. Uh, I could so I could see that he's, happening. He's a beast. Oh my gosh! How, where to way to bury the lead here? Yeah, <laughs> but no, I think for for redraft, I still really like him. Uh, for dynasty, better trade him. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, he's getting right. up there. Uh, as Joe, as Mason my mentioned, on, no, oh, my bad, Derek. Yeah, no, go on. I just had. Oh one yeah, I was going to go to Tyreek Hill, but let me let me hear what you have to say about Adams. Yeah, just my my real quick thought is, um, I'm not taking him in the first round of drafts, but I would love to get him in the second round. And uh, the only receivers that I would take ahead of him would be uh, Cup, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Yeah, I would actually probably take Diggs ahead of him and not Chase, but I'm along that line too. Yeah, right around the same. I I don't know why. Maybe you can say I'm a Chase hater, but I don't I don't buy into the consistency that you need from your wide receiver one. I know that he wins you games, but that's mm-hmm. that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. I agree, Derek. I get a lot of heat for that take. Too. Tyreek Hill. All of a sudden, Devontae Adams gets traded and gets a big payday, and now Tyreek is chomping at the bit to get the same. And so in one day, it felt like it happened in one day. It was like, hey, by the way, Tyreek Hill wants to get traded. Oh, he's been traded to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so uh, I love Tyreek Hill as a player. You know, like watching him with Mahomes, it it really doesn't get more fun. Uh, Unfortunately, Tyreek and Tua Tagovailoa, I can't even say his last name sometimes. But uh, to a tag of a literally can't say it again. That's all right. It's been a long day. I'm gonna but, have you uh, spell yeah. it next episode. So yeah, I'm going to. But uh, to a yeah, hopefully, hopefully they have some success together. Um, his ADP is in the middle of the second round right now, and uh, he's my wide receiver eight. So uh, when when you're looking at Tyreek and uh, his outlook for 2022, you're looking at manufactured touches. Um, his new head coach, Mike McDaniels, is coming for the 49ers. So we saw what he did with uh, Debo Samuel last year. And I expect, you know, no, nobody's Debo and nobody's Tyreek. So they're, they're different players. You have, like a, you have like a bull in Debo, and then you have, like, obviously a cheetah in Tyreek Hill. So <laughs> you have him, you know, on uh, jet sweeps. Basically, if you give him the ball and he's in open space, he's just going to be faster than everybody except for his teammate Raheem Mostert when he's healthy. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I like him in the back end of the second round. Um, if you could get him in the third round, if he drops because people are scared of uh, the new team, um, yeah, I'm all for it. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm in on Tyreek, but uh, not as in as I am on Devontae Adams. Sure. And I, I'm not in on saying to his last name. Tangavaloa. Bang. Yeah, I mean, you can say uh, Okwagmanam. Anyway, all right, so the next guy, the trio, the last of the trio, A.J. Brown gets traded on draft day from the Titans to the Eagles, who immediately sign him to a massive extension. Still only, I believe, 24, 20, I think 24, or but maybe he's turning 25. So even at the end of the extension, he's going to be well in the prime of his career. Talk to us about A.J. Brown, Mason. Yeah, I'm a, I really liked A.J. Brown uh, until he went to the Eagles. Um, you know, How dare you? I'm sorry, Derek, but, you know, <laughs> I looked at last year, and the Eagles 
you know, I think after week seven, they were two and five. And then they started running the ball a lot. They were almost rushing for 200 yards a game as a team. Um, and that's obviously great when you have Jalen Hurts, but they didn't throw the ball a whole lot, obviously, when you're running a lot. So I just think they're going to try to keep that the same for this season because it is the recipe for winning and you got to run the ball. Um, and so I'm a little uh, – I've cooled off a little bit on A.J. Brown for this season. Agreed. I don't want him at his ADP. Uh, if he were to fall to me as, like, my wide receiver too, I would be absolutely ecstatic because I still think he's going to produce those huge games that you got used to when he was in Tennessee, which was also a low-volume passing offense. But he's not going to be that wide receiver one that you can plug in and say, all right, he's going to get me 15 points, rain or shine. He's going to have games where you wonder what was he doing. Was he hurt? Was he off the field? In some cases, he might be hurt because he's shown a little bit of a tendency for some soft tissue injuries, which you don't love. Uh, you need your guys to be on the field, and A.J. Brown hasn't demonstrated that yet. Maybe this is the year he does, but I'd rather have someone else take that risk uh, depending on where he's going in front of me in drafts. If he becomes a value, the further he falls, I'm, I'm quite content. He's certainly not on my do-not-draft list. Uh, going from A.J. Brown to another Brown, Hollywood Brown. Don't believe there's a relation there. But he was traded also. I mean, the relation here is that he was also traded on draft night from the Baltimore Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'll talk about Marquise Brown. During the season last year, through the first couple of weeks, he was absolutely smashing. Uh, he was well on his way to a wide receiver one season. However, once Lamar got hurt and the uh, Ravens offense started to spiral, he was really not productive. Um, so you wonder which version of Brown you're going to get. It's probably going to be somewhere in between. He's probably not going to be a top five or so option. But he could be in the beginning of the season with the suspension to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I don't know I don't know much else to say about Marquise other than like he is such a threat to go deep. But he's also a threat to drop a very easy touchdown on a deep ball which we saw plenty last season. I mean, if you account for the balls that he dropped, that would have been easy walk-in touchdowns. The guy could have been top three. I Just bonehead move. Well, not even bonehead, just unfortunate. The, good, the guy is good. I'm not trying to say that Marquise Brown can't catch or anything. It was just he had very high-profile drops on balls that he could have just ran into the end zone. I'm remembering that correctly, right, guys? No, oh, 100%. He, he was uh i actually had him on a team and he was extremely frustrating you would see the ball just hit his hands on like key plays all the time but uh what i like about him this year is um he's going at the very back end of the fifth round so you're not really paying up for him like some of the other guys obviously he's not the caliber of the re uh, receivers that we've listed above him but uh you know he, he also has that collegiate connection where uh he, he played with kyler at oklahoma so they've got the chemistry already kind of like uh Derek Carr and Devontae Adams had at Fresno State. So that's a advantage I see also for um, them hitting off the bat this season. Yeah, one note on Marquise Brown or Hollywood Brown. After week nine, which is kind of around the time where Lamar went down, he had 55 yards receiving or fewer in every game from week nine on. And that's just that's a scary proposition if that is his floor because that's, that's not even worth putting in your lineup. And he also didn't have a touchdown after week seven. So I think the the floor is a bit higher in an offense as long as Kyler Murray's healthy. But, I mean, that's not, that's not going to instill confidence in you when you're picking the guy to be uh, in your lineup each week. Next guy... We, I mean, you feel you you have a need, you feel a need. Marquise Brown goes to Arizona. Christian Kirk leaves Arizona and goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where he will be uh, Trevor Lawrence's new number one option. Who wants to tell me a little about Christian Kirk? Well, I've uh, oh. I've drafted two teams this year, and I've drafted him to both. So yeah, I, did I you? guess I yeah. tried. I really did try. I think I feel like I kind of bang beat the drum. To get you to take Christian Kirk, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but uh, basically the only thing I'll really say about him is like 
did he deserve the money that he got paid? No, probably not, <laughs> but who cares? Uh, good for him. And then also, how many wide receiver ones are you going to get in the back of the ninth round? So, Fair yeah, point. to take, take a shot, you have the uh, ascension, hopefully, of Trevor Lawrence in year two. Um, if Trevor Lawrence takes a step up, then, yeah, I definitely want his wide receiver one in the back of the ninth round. Yeah, I got nothing else to say about uh, Christian Kirk. You hit it on the on the head there, Joe. Yeah, I will say, like, last last year, Marvin Jones Jr. was Trevor Lawrence's number one receiver. Mm. He finished in PPR at wide receiver 34 in 17 games. That's the floor, right? I mean, you can't get worse. Trevor Lawrence had, like, 13 touchdowns the entire season. Hopefully it's better. Hopefully yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah, he, the Christian Kirk, I, I don't can't know if it's see necessarily his floor. I see his floor is a little better. No, I'm saying that's the worst case scenario. And I mean, what is Christian Kirk being drafted at in the 40s as far as wide receivers? It's something like that. He finished as a top 20, he finished as a top 30 wide receiver last year mm-hmm. on Arizona's team. And so I think that the hate or the, not even, not even hate, just negligence around Christian Kirk has gone too far. Mm-hmm. I think he's a super good value later in drafts. Like you said, the ninth round, I would, I would be hitting drafts so quickly on that. Yeah, he's about to have his uh, first a thousand yard season. He hasn't done it yet. So now we're we're getting a bit long on time already, just because there's so many players to talk about. So why don't we go through a little bit quickly on uh, three guys who moved. Um, teams, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I know that Mason wants to talk about Juju, so why don't you start there? Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the live episode, I know uh, for the footballers, Jason was raving about Juju, and I like everything he had to say about it. Going to a new team, he had an uh, explosive year in 2019, um, then was you know wide receiver 18 in 2020, and then kind of got hurt last year, so... I think he's going to be the one in the Chiefs offense for wide receivers. Um, and, yeah, I just really like his upside in the seventh round uh, of a 1QB uh, ADP right now. I like it, too, yeah, like and it. I'm going to talk about Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson, to me, is tough to pin down right now. Um, I think we talked about it in a previous episode already, but Allen Robinson was very bad last year. Mm-hmm. And the reason he's being drafted so early this year, I think the fifth round or so, is because he's tied to Matt Stafford now. And in the Rams offense, there's a lot of opportunity for touchdowns, and Allen Robinson is good at scoring touchdowns. But I would rather have someone else take that chance on him. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty much out on Allen Robinson. That's funny you say it, because if you asked me last week, I probably would agree with you. I literally just tweeted out probably an hour ago how, how I've been getting kind of bothered about how, how much I'm getting more into him for this season. Uh, I like the fifth round ADP is pretty solid for a wide receiver two and Super Bowl winning offense. And um, yeah, I don't, I, I just think with uh, Van Jefferson just getting hurt and uh, you know, so he really doesn't have any competition for targets other than Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford's still there. Got a great head coach in Sean McVay. And Tyler the training Higby. camp bus. Yeah, training camp Tyler bus has Higby. been hot, though. Yeah, maybe Higby. I don't know. I don't know. I think Higby will take some touchdowns away from Robinson. Yeah. I don't think Robinson's done. I think he's – I like his fifth-round ADP. I'm so. getting to that point, too, Mason. What about Mari Cooper? He moved from the Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns in a trade. I'm out. I'm out as well. I think they're going to run the ball the first six weeks. And Yeah. It'll be yeah, okay, th- but not not worth the pick. I think there's yeah. a scenario where he ends up on waivers in some leagues that aren't as in tune as others, where he doesn't do anything the first six weeks, and by mm-hmm. week four or five, someone just cuts bait. And at that point, I'm probably very interested in spending some free agent acquisition budget on getting Amari Cooper with the return of Watson. Definitely. Uh, but there's also the chance that someone knows that going in, and they just mm-hmm. hang on to him on the bench, hoping that he they can capitalize on the return of Watson. I like that you spelled out fab, Derek. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. We might have some listeners that aren't familiar yet, so free agent acquisition budget, fab, 
is what you uh, put bids on waivers for. And I, I advocate for switching to it. If you have a waiver system, I much prefer the FAB method because uh, it can give you an edge. If you are in tune to fantasy football, you can beat your other uh, fellow league mates by knowing how much to bid on players. But you also have to consider who you're playing with. I mean, a bid for $5 in one league might win everything because people are conservative, while you might have to bid 50-plus on others. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very nuanced. Now, some other guys that changed teams, um, not as impactful as he may have been earlier, but Russell Gage moves from the Atlanta Falcons to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I'll also add Julio Jones, also signed with the Buccaneers. At this point, it's tough to differentiate Gage and Jones in terms of value. At at one point, Russell Gage was very highly um, sought after in the later rounds because he had the chance to step in with the return of Chris Godwin being delayed from an injury. Now we have Godwin practicing already at training camp. It's a lot lot cloudier outlook-wise for Russell Gage. So I won't say much more about him. And Julio Jones is kind of what he is at this point. He's a 33-year-old wide receiver. It's risky that he's gonna. It's risky to say that he's gonna stay healthy, and I wouldn't anticipate that he does. I know Mason stands on that too because I'm trying to trade him again in uh, Dynasty, but probably not gonna get much for him. No. Yeah, no. I'm not as scared of the signing for Julio as Russell Ga- uh, for Russell Gage as I am. Godwin being back early, and I just think that if that happens, it cancels out both Julio and Gage decently significantly to the point where you don't want to start either because there's just going to be inconsistent targets. Yeah. All right, so, I mean, this is probably the lowest tier of players. I mean, Russell Gage and and Julio would be in this too. As far as uh, lowest tier of players that are fantasy relevant – And they're still pretty fantasy relevant. We got Robert Woods moving from the Rams to the Titans, coming off an injury. Jarvis Landry moving from the Browns to the Saints, also coming off a little bit. Wait, actually, no, he was healthy for more or less. He was fighting through some stuff. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling moving from the Packers to the Chiefs. Besides announcing where they went, anybody have anything to add on those three guys for fantasy outlook? Bueller. Bueller. I mean, uh, yeah, for Robert Woods, I'm, I'm actually more in on him um, than I am the rookie that uh, you guys love, Traylon Burks. So you could get Robert Woods at the back of the ninth round, and that's two rounds earlier than Traylon. And I think he's the wide receiver one of the team. How much that's worth, we'll camp see. Camp hype, camp hype, Traylon <laughs> yeah, Burks. All the camp hype. Give me <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think he's going to get close to 1,000 yards, maybe over, and uh, he seems like a safe choice with Tannehill at quarterback. And then Jarvis Landry, I'm out, just to go quick on that one. Yeah, I'm also out on Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's going from a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. who he essentially did nothing with, to another Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, what indication have we gotten that he can do anything more with Patrick Mahomes than Aaron Rodgers? I've he might be uh, good for best ball, but in terms of redraft, um, yeah. I feel like people are probably going to reach on him for his connection to Mahomes, and I don't want that to be me. So uh, before we move to tight ends, a little rapid fire. I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. Jamison Crowder, these are all wide receivers changing teams just to be aware of. They don't have much standalone fantasy value, but as you see them on your waivers or late and late and later in your drafts, uh, these are guys to take note on for their their role in the new offense. Jameson Crowder moves from the Jets, Joe's team, to the the Buffalo Bills. He might win the slot job. He might not. Sammy Watkins moved from the Baltimore Ravens to the Green Bay Packers. He has a chance of of winning at least a starting role in that offense. Devontae Parker, he's the most interesting to me. He went from the Dolphins to the the Patriots and could be the uh, number one wide receiver in that offense, especially in the red zone. Brian Edwards got traded from the Raiders to the Atlanta Falcons. He'll be fighting for a starting role in that offense, which is bad, so forget him. 
Cedric Wilson moved from the slot role on the Dallas Cowboys to the Miami Dolphins. You sense a trend here. The Miami Dolphins were very busy. And then Zay Jones also signed with the Dolphins, correct? Yeah. Oh, Raiders. Ra- no, he was on the Raiders. Uh, he is now with the Jaguars. Oh, Jaguars. I'm sorry. Oh, I was thinking Florida. Zay Jones. Yeah. I knew it yeah. was wrong. I was trying to think Zay of Jones went to the Jaguars to play with Trevor Lawrence. And uh, Chris. he got overpaid, too, along with Christian yeah. Kirk. Yeah. It's the Jags. And then Byron Jags Pringle. Brian, Byron Pringle moved from the Chiefs to the Bears. The Chiefs lost a lot of wide receivers. And then we've got on the free agent market still Odell Beckham Jr. and William Fuller. We'll see kind of what the future holds for those two guys. Not really sure. There's not much buzz about either being signed anytime soon. All right, to close out the show tonight or today, whenever you're listening. Whenever you're listening, it is live. Thank you for listening. Uh, Tight ends that move teams. We'll start out with the biggest name on this list is a trade along with the Russell Wilson. Well, he was traded for Russell Wilson along with a bunch of picks. Noah Fant moves from the Broncos to the Seahawks. Does this really move the needle at all for you in the fantasy space? No, other than he got traded with his quarterback, Drew Locke. But, yeah. Yeah, I think the quarterback's Gino. So, I don't know. Well, he was his quarterback, yeah. I just got I just got in on uh, the idea that if Geno's the quarterback, DK could get the job done. But I am nowhere near thinking that Noah Fan could get the job done as well. So I am out. Yeah, now, same here. Like off the top of your heads, where do you think Noah Fan finished in PPR last year? He was healthy all year, right? Probably a tight end. One. He missed he one. Spi- he missed he one spike game. Weeks. He had some spike weeks. I'm gonna say tight end nine. Yeah, like low, low tight end one. Okay, so, I mean, you were pretty spot. He was tight end 12 in PPR mm-hmm. on season-long scoring. He had five top 12 weeks and two, well, seven top 12 weeks, including two top five weeks. But when he didn't go off, he was not good at all. Mm-hmm. He um, had under 10 points all those games and often under five. So I think you'll see more of the same in Seattle. Um, he's not going to be terrible. I think he'll produce some value, but not anything that you can rely on week to week. But I think you're kind of able to get him where that is right now, which is a low end tight end one. Yeah, 13th tight round. End two. Not going to goose egg. Yeah, he's not. He's. I mean, if you're punting tight end, he's not the worst guy to like kind of cover that position cumulatively with a couple guys. Mm-hmm. Now, another guy who moved teams, Gerald Everett, he moved from the Seahawks, where Fant went, to the L.A. Rams. Uh, Chargers, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, so no, used he's, to saying he's Rams. Been going all L.A. becomes San, yeah, yeah. Uh, San Diego, whatever. <laughs> he's been on a lot of pretty good offenses. He was yeah, on the Rams. He bounces around. But, uh, he was on the Rams. Now he's just playing back in L.A., but he's on yeah, a different yeah, team yeah. now. Yeah. So this is, this is my late tight end target this year in redraft. Um, you could get him at the back of the 14th round. Uh, he's kind of the perfect tight end. Yeah. But he's kind of the perfect tight end too. Um, if if you have another tight end on your team and you could just kind of see how it goes, him being attached to this offense, being attached to, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, and he's super athletic. Obviously he's been in part of good offense before and he's had, uh, He's, he's had good quarterbacks but uh, and hasn't really produced too heavy. But Jared Cook was pretty good in this offense last year when he was healthy. And uh, I just think Gerald Everett's going to be better and has decent touchdown upside on top of uh, getting a couple targets a game. Yeah, I would agree. I am actively seeking to get Everett later in drafts. Uh, kind of what I'm saying, like if you're, if you're going to try to get a late-round tight end, you kind of put yourself in a position where you might want to take two. I would I wouldn't usually advise that, yeah. but if if you got a hit on one and then figure it out and then get rid of the one that didn't hit, Gerald Everett is probably one of my also one of my top targets as a tight end position because like you said, he has touchdown upside and that's really all you can ask for when you don't have a top five guy is can he score a touchdown any mm-hmm. given week? And for Everett, he can. Uh, now, in the Jaguars offense, moving from the Giants to the Jaguars, Evan Engram 
the former darling of fantasy football tight end sleepers is now more or less a a post-post-post-post hype sleeper where he could pick up over 100 targets in that offense and still just sneak into the top 12 because that offense is not not as prolific as an understatement compared to the LA Chargers. So for me, Evan Engram's again, kind of with Everett, is not a bad late-round tight end pick where he is going to be involved in that offense. It's Doug Peterson-led offense now. They, he incorporates the tight end into the game plan, and Evan Engram is a good football player when he's healthy. Anybody optimistic about Engram's outlook? He I think I'm pretty up. Yeah. Yeah, he said some good things, Derek. I'm just – I see some of the camp videos, and he drops, like, wide-open balls. And <laughs> mm. I'm just like, uh, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. But I like what you said. I mean – So you're out on Jamar Chase as well. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> True. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a fan of uh, Evan Ingram. <laughs> I mean, I guess I like him now more than when he was on the Giants because I'm not a Giants fan by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but – uh, I'm happy to get him late, but certainly not going to think that I can rely on him to be the tight end one. Uh, and you don't have to draft on that anyway. Anyway, last guy that's even remotely notable at the tight end position, Austin Hooper. What team was he? He was on the Browns last year. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't know it because the guy was invisible. Uh, and he moves to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I I think Hooper is a good sleeper mainly because he's probably going to be a top three target in the offense behind Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. And yeah, that, that's really it. I mean, if you can get a, a, one of the players in the top three targets, I think it's, it's a solid dart throw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah we, I mean, we saw, that's how, that's how I applied that logic to Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah. We saw Johnny Smith be pretty successful in this offense a few years back. Yes. Last year they had like uh Jeff Swain and, uh, Anthony Ferkser, and that didn't pan out. But uh, I, th- I think Hooper's a little better. Hopefully he can get back to his Falcons form, uh, why he earned that contract with the Browns. And, uh, yeah, the Titans have 67% vacated targets. So that's that's quite a bit to fill. Nice. Good stat there, Joe. Thank you. All righty. So to wrap it up, we got a couple of other tight ends who changed teams this season that you should be no- noting. Tyler Conklin and C.J. Uzama both signed with the New York Jets. Conklin comes from Minnesota, and Uzama comes from the Cincinnati Bengals. Conklin, to me, is a bit interesting at, in like just monitoring on the waivers just because uh, I think he'll beat out Uzama, who's older than him. Conklin was productive for the Vikings last year, filling in for Irv Smith Jr. Uh, another guy that moved teams, Hayden Hurst. Jeez. What team I really is, like Hayden Hurst this year. Hayden Hurst, he, I mean, he's okay. So he's with the first Bengals. of all, he's with the Bengals, but and he's he's killing he just, it in camp. He was just a backup on the Falcons last year, still. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, so I, Pitts replaced him in Atlanta. He he kind of took the back seat for a year, and now he moves to Cincinnati Bengals. I think that Hurst is a good player, but he's at least fourth in the pecking order in that offense with yeah. Chase Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd. So I don't think you're going to be able to rely on him consistently. Kyle Rudolph recently signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Didn't do much with the Giants last year. Scored a couple touchdowns, but that offense was terrible. So we'll see if Tom Brady can rejuvenate Kyle Rudolph for fantasy purposes. Ricky Seals-Jones is now on the New York Giants. He's battling Daniel Bellinger for the top spot in that offense as a tight end. And then O.J. Howard... I threw him in here because, God bless him, he was a disaster for fantasy. Every year, people thought that he was going to take the next step for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Every year, he disappointed us. And we're and, still waiting. And we're still <laughs> waiting. He's behind Dawson Knox in the Buffalo Bills offense. And, I mean, I guess if Dawson Knox got hurt, he has some touchdown upside. But, I mean... If O.J. Howard somehow becomes the sleeper tight end of the season, I will just laugh, laugh, laugh. Me I don't too. know what you, you will do. He's on my dynasty team for what it's worth. <laughs> I'd be pretty stoked. But I'm, he's, not, he's not a player I'm excited about. Yeah, O.J. Howard, that's a flashback. I mean, how long has the guy been in the league? 
longer than you probably think. He was, he, yeah, he was very exciting coming out of college at Alabama. But, and yeah, it's crazy how it doesn't pan out. It's yeah, either his fifth or sixth year because I know he was a first round pick for the Bucks. So, so you know what? Uh, David Njoku and OJ Howard are from the same draft class because when I was writing up the Cleveland Browns, uh, David Njoku was picked in the same round as OJ Howard. And um, I can't remember which one's older, but like neither of them have really done anything worthwhile. Joku got, got paid, paid <laughs> but it's too bad O.J. Howard didn't. Yeah. Same draft class, and O.J. Howard was a higher pick. All righty, so that'll close out the show. We went through all the positions, all the notable free agents and trades that took place, all the guys that changed teams for the upcoming season. Thanks again for listening. As I say every episode, if you're listening right now, we appreciate you. Uh, share it with your friends. If we can get 10 people to share it with 10 other people, we got 100 listeners. We would love to see that. Uh, if you want to follow us on socials, on Twitter, we got the celebrity viral tweeter, Joe Beldner, at oh, Joe Beldner. <laughs> We've got at Joseph Mason 94 I am at NARPDAD. And if you have any questions for the show, let us know. Send it to us via tweet. Joe's the best guy to go to because he's got the biggest following. And uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We really appreciate that. Help help us spread the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football podcast as we get into the real season. We're excited to bring you content each and every week. And anything else to say for the listeners? We love you. Love you. And I will promise you get my internet. Each and every once. Yes. <laughs> If you listen more and more, Mason will be able to fix his internet. What is the... Episode by episode. Yeah, the Sarah McLaughlin. In the arms of an angel, Joseph Mason is in need. (laughs) That's how we close up. Episode three, baby. So please consider liking and subscribing. Have a great week. This has been the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. The next time you hear us, I will be a father of three. And we will be good to go as we head into the NFL season. Goodbye.